As I suggested earlier, um, there are a lot of things we're celebrating today, and uh, um, it just all happens to come together. May is Mental Health Month, and I think it's particularly um, special today to celebrate it in this Eucharist, in this Mass, because um, there's a lot of concern about a, another wave coming with this uh, virus, and it has to do with mental health, with loneliness and isolation. And so we want to lift up everybody, all of our community of faith, all, everybody, people of no faith, and remember them and support them and be there for each other, even if we can't physically be in touch, that we can spiritually, emotionally, uh, socially be in touch in all kinds of ways, on the phone, in the internet, across the fence, uh, covering our faces always, but uh, doing all that we can to uh, uplift one another in this celebration of Mental Health Month. May is also the month of Mary for we Catholics. And, uh, and for us Catholics, it's, it's important for us to dedicate this month to Mary, also October, but just to appreciate her as mother of Jesus and mother of the church. Last week, we celebrated Nurses' Day. However, this year, the whole month of May is Nurses' Month. And it was expanded for a month because this year, we're celebrating a whole year for nurses and midwives. And once again, uh, in this year where there's so much pain and struggle and suffering and death, um, our mothers play a special role, and midwives who will help to bring new life into this world also. Today is Mother's Day in this year, 2020. But this is also 1010. Well, what I mean by that is Mexican Mother's Day is the 10th of May always, and they usually get to celebrate two days. So, for example, if yesterday had been the 10th, they would have celebrated Mother's Day on the 10th and the 11th because we always celebrate on the second Sunday of May. But this year they come together. It's kind of serendipitous, if you ask me. 2020, 10-10, and uh, everybody is colliding together in this celebration of Mother's Day. So we want to especially remember our mothers and do something good for them today. As I like to say, if your mother says, uh, is sitting down in a chair and she says, honey, I want to lift my finger, she shouldn't have to do it. You run to her and you lift her, her finger for her. She does nothing today. She better not cook for you. Now, today in the Acts, we have the special celebration of the beginning of the development of the church uh, not only has it been extended to all Gentiles, but now something is happening. And the reading begins by saying that widows were being neglected. Um, there's two things about widows. One prior to this time in history, uh, widows couldn't inherit. They couldn't own land, uh, property, or money. Uh, when a husband died, they had to go home to their father if he was still alive, uh, or if they had a son who could inherit, but not the woman. Now, this wasn't true after Jesus, and probably around this time in Acts or shortly after, uh, women could inherit. And my reading of history says um, uh, about a, a third of all who inherited were women and two-thirds men. But in any case, widows were uh, often unprepared for all that would follow. So even in the church, there was a recognition that widows were suffering. They weren't being helped 
or waited upon or served or, or their needs taken care of. So the early church said, we need to do something about this. And this was the beginning of the diaconate. And they called seven men forward, laid hands on them, just required that they be people of faith and people of the Spirit. And they were, in our language, ordained to serve as deacons. However, I would propose to you that the first deacons really were women. Maybe they weren't ordained. Maybe no hands were laid upon them. But they did what the deacons did. They served people at the table. And not just women. Yes, women in general. Martha and Mary did it. But mothers in particular. Mothers to this very day continue to serve. I remember growing up, and I come from a German tradition, and my mother grew up on a farm. And for the farmers, women took care of all the feeding, all of the cooking, all of the cleaning, and the men worked in the fields. And so when the men came in, they were served first, and they were given everything they needed so that they could go out and finish the work, and then the women ate. And for so many people, many cultures, this was typical of women. In this Mother's Day, I want to say that women gave to us an understanding of what deacons should do to wait at the table to serve. And um, how wonderful that Pope Francis is opening the question, seems to be opening the question of the possibility of women deacons. And God love him. If this happens in my lifetime, I will really rejoice. Having said that, um, if we jump to the gospel, this is a gospel in which the words are so important, the combinations, the number of times they're used. Faith is used two times. That's not surprising in any gospel. But Jesus talks about being the way. That comes up three times. But the word Father or Him referring to the Father comes up 14 times. 14 times. And it reaches a wonderful climax in this phrase, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And as he unpacks the meaning of that for his disciples, he says to them, you've already seen the Father. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So uh, today, I would propose to you that the meaning of this scripture for us is to understand that Jesus is kind of like a door, the doorway into a relationship with the Father. He is, in my way of speaking, the most perfect physical representation of God uh, in this earth, on this earth, as, this, as, as the, the, um, the Christ, the Christ who is forever, for all time eternal, the Christ who is referred to at the beginning of John's gospel as the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word always was, but the Word came into being and was born in this world and took on flesh. That's Jesus. And it is through Jesus, especially Jesus the Christ, that we come to know the Father. This fifth Sunday of Easter, we're quickly approaching the Feast of Pentecost. And I think that this scripture today is essential for us to understand if we are going to become the, really the dwelling place where Christ is on this earth right now. He is in his church, in each of us, but especially in all of us gathered. When he speaks about dwelling with the Father and the Father dwelling in him, uh, he speaks clearly that 
His desire is that God would dwell within each of us, that we would dwell in God and God would dwell in us, a dwelling place, a place, oh God, a place to live, a place to stay, a place where all were welcome. Uh, today, we are invited on this Mother's Day, um, and most of us, most of us dwelt within our own mothers for a period of maybe almost or a little over nine months. They were our dwelling place. We dwelt within their bodies, and then they birthed us into this world, into this bigger dwelling place. So we know what dwelling is about. We know what dwelling is about. So the question becomes, do we know what to have Christ dwelling in our hearts and dwelling in our spirit and dwelling in our souls means? Because if Christ truly dwells within us, then we can birth him, birth the word, birth the Christ into the world through our actions and our beliefs and our words day after day after day after day.